Hey guys, welcome to the very first opening episode of my new podcast, which is named my name, Plain and Vanilla, the Henny Kovac podcast. I'm super happy that you're here, that you're here to listen, and um, I'm ready to dive right in, dive right into the topic that I want to talk about today. So today's episode is called Shit in the Toilet. How shit in the toilet has really led to possibly one of the biggest aha moments of my life, how it led to possibly one of the biggest realizations of my life thus far, and how it may have led to one of the biggest breakthroughs of my life very hopefully so shit in the toilet here we go a few weeks ago about three weeks ago i had a visitor someone who had come to stay with me in my home in zipolita mexico so for the last three months i've been in mexico and when I first got here, I didn't know what was going to happen. I didn't know how, how long I was, I was going to stay. I had no plans, really. I was just following breadcrumbs. And once I arrived here, I realized that I am guided to stay a bit longer. So instead of having my Airbnb, I was looking for a more long-term solution. And I was looking for something a little bit bigger for us, for my daughter and I. And so I did. I found a perfect little casita in, um, you know, walk, walking distance to the bi- a beach in Zipolita, Mexico. And I had um, agreed to a longer term lease. And so I had plenty of room to have people come and stay with me. And so I had an ex-boyfriend come and stay with me about three weeks ago. Now you may ask, what the hell, honey? How did that happen? Why would you even, you know, revisit anything from the past as as far as an ex-boyfriend goes to come and stay with you? And I don't know. I don't know what inspired this whole thing or how it got to this whole point. But let me just talk about that and maybe it will become a little more clear so when I arrived in Mexico and I was walking the streets of Zipolite just going from place to place you know doing our thing learning Spanish looking for a little business and all of that I seem to have seen this ex-boyfriend's face on every man every other man basically that came across me and it was getting a little eerie it was like what in the world why is every other dude that I'm seeing remind is reminding me of this ex-boyfriend I had no idea why that was happening see he's been out of my reality for quite some time our breakup was about three three and a half years ago so it's been a while and I've already been in a relationship since then. And he has gone through several, I, I believe. And so it was very interesting to realize that his face, his appearance, his memory started to kind of creep back into my reality. And I didn't know why. And it went on for a little while. You know, it was just... It was just getting more and more eerie. And so I decided, well, this may be a sign. So let me go just go ahead and reach out to this man and see what's up. And maybe just say, hey, for some reason, you're coming up. I'm seeing your face in every other man that I come across here. And so I did. I sent him a text and he didn't recognize my number because, like I said, we've been out of touch with each other for quite some time and I and in the last year or so I have changed my phone number a few times you know I had a number in Nepal in Slovakia in the US and now in Mexico you never know what number I'm gonna text you so anyways I text him 
And he doesn't recognize my number, but eventually, you know, I make it clear who I am. And so we start chatting and he's, you know, he's super excited um, to hear from me. Maybe not super excited, but, you know, we're, we're chatting. And then about a couple of days after our chat, I get another text from him with a proposal. It was like, hey, I had an idea. Since you're in Mexico and um, I've been thinking about getting away for about a week in December and Mexico is one of the possibilities that I'm looking at and I was wondering if you would be up for hosting me. And immediately I said yes. I said like, um, well actually no, immediately I said I don't know yet because at the moment, at the time when he texted me this, I was staying at an Airbnb that wasn't, it, it had come to an end, um, that deal. And so I needed to look for something more long term, uh, but I, I didn't have anything yet. So I was like, depending on whether or not I can get lodging here that is big enough that you know I can host another person I'll get back with you so that we just left it at that and then sure enough not even a week after this I had secured a, a cute little comfortable two-bedroom casita in Zipolite and at that moment I was like okay I should reach out to him and tell him that you know I have place for him space for him and something within me was kind of hesitant it was like I I really didn't want to but another part of me you know the one that is like oh you should because blah 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 was just telling me you know hey he has done a favor to you before he has given you a place to crash before so why can't you do the same and I was like okay well I, I certainly could why not He's not going to be in my hair. He's only, only going to be here for a week. He's going to go and do his thing on the beach, maybe to explore or whatever. So, yeah, okay, I'll do it. So I reached out and I said, hey, I do have that house or I do have a house and I have plenty of room for you and your lady. And I said that because based on our previous conversations, based on our previous text messages, Um, I was under the impression and rightfully so because he was in a relationship so I thought you know my little brain thinks when you're in a long-term relationship and you want to get away um, right before the holidays for for a week um, and you're asking an ex-girlfriend of yours certainly you are going to bring your your um, partner with you I mean, that was just my assumption. I should be making assumptions. I've noted, I've learned that a long time ago, but I still do make assumptions sometimes, many times, most of the times. Anyways, so I said, yeah, you and your lady are welcome to come and stay. And he's like, well, there's no lady. The lady's not coming. So that was it. So basically, he had planned a trip to come to Mexico without his girlfriend who had also planned a trip to go somewhere else uh, a different part of the world uh, for the same time so long story short one week turns into two and a half weeks he he then pitches me another idea he's like you know what what if i stayed for about two and a half weeks that's that's the most i can stretch it what if i stay there to, for two and a half weeks i get i've looked you know, I did a little bit of Googling and researching and there's a lot of interesting places around and I'd love to explore that part of the world. And I was like, okay, why not? And I may have even said something on the lines of stay as long as you want. I mean, okay, I said it. <laughs> um, because again, I was under the impression that he was going to come here and he was going to really do that, you know, take the trip here and there and everywhere. I really didn't know what his intentions of coming here were. And so I thought it's not a big deal. I'm gone most of the day anyways. And I have an extra bedroom that he can occupy. I have an extra key. He can come and go. We don't have to be in each other's hair and it's all right. And I was going to do my part, right? 
So he shows up at my doors. Uh, we had agreed to him staying here for two and a half weeks. And he shows up at my doors looking completely differently than I, what I had Im- um, remembered him to be. He lost about 50 pounds or so. He also lost all his hair or he shaved off all his hair. So his entire appearance was completely different. I probably would have passed him on the streets, not recognizing him. It was that drastic of a change. And also his, his style has changed. You know, before he was kind of frumpy and didn't really care about what he wore. He would put on target pants or whatever. And now he looked quite stylish. He, it seemed like, and it looked like he had put in a little bit of effort in uh, how he presents himself. And he was super, super excited to see me and my daughter who doesn't quite or didn't quite remember him from the past. And so he comes to stay with us and he's super excited and he wants to just, you know, reconnect and, and have, 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 have a talk of what happened in the last, I don't know, three and a half years or so of, of not really being in contact. I mean, here and there we were, but not that much. And so, we spend a few days together um, going, you know, grocery shopping. Not, not the whole day, but just we went grocery shopping and then he would go on the beach. And then maybe we would catch a breakfast together or maybe a dinner or whatever. But just the last first few days went like this. And I had discovered during that time that he had just gotten out of a long-term relationship so that lady that I was proposing him to bring along with him is no longer in the picture or not at the moment because they had broken up a couple of days before he got on the plane now this is interesting to note as well so he and this lady meet up for coffee to you know to kind of discuss their relationship which may have been on the rocks at the time already and one thing leads to another and it seemed like that discussion or that that meeting didn't go quite well so upon leaving the coffee shop where they had met each other he got into his car and he flicked her off he basically gave her the middle finger and it's very interesting to me to 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 see this kind of behavior um on a person who claims to be conscious and who claims to spend all this time on working on themselves and really keeping things in check to to have this kind of gesture on the last time you may have seen this woman ever in your life because you're about to get on the plane to go to Mexico and she's on uh, she's about to get on the plane to go somewhere else in the world and we know anything can happen, right? So this could have very well been the last time they saw each other. And the way he left it was he gave her the middle finger. And he added that, well, you know, that wasn't quite nice of him to do that. And he doesn't doesn't usually do this or he has never done this before, which I beg to disagree with. Anyways, the story uh, carries on. So, So he tells me about... So I discover that he's no longer in a relationship with, with this lady. And not only do I discover that, but he's also starting to open up about how he felt in this relationship. And so I'm going to pause here about his story and just touch on how our relationship was in the past. So this was, breaking up with this man was the worst, the the worst breakup of my life. And I'm maybe an expert breakupper or, you know, person who has gone through several relationships. I've been married and divorced three times. So I've, I've gone through 
parting ways with another person. And it has never gone to gotten to that point where it got this with this man. It was never as painful. It was so freaking painful. This breakup was the worst. Like I said, the worst I had ever experienced because I felt used. I felt abused. I felt abused, not physically. There was no, never a physical abuse. And there was never really verbal abuse either. Not really. I mean, maybe here and there a little bit, but not much. The abuse felt more psychic and emotional. And it just felt like I was mind fucked. I mean, I was so confused after leaving this relationship. I didn't know what was what even happened and it was so confusing and it was such a dark time in my life that yeah that that i literally had to pack up didn't have to but i chose to pack up sell everything in atlanta and move across country to the other side of the country from the east coast to the west coast and it was mainly fueled by this breakup because I just wanted to get away. I was so very heartbroken because I felt that I had really thrown myself at this man and opened myself up as much, as much as I could at the time. I felt so vulnerable. I spent so many so much time really opening up to him and showing him parts of me that no one has ever seen before and sharing those parts with him and I was naked and vulnerable and and raw and the breakup felt like to me it felt incredibly difficult and it looked like it didn't matter to him at all because soon after he had moved on i'm not going to go into that story but i just wanted to touch on this a little bit and just tell you how painful our the parting of our relationship was to me and so you know i still wonder why the hell would i even open up the door why the hell would I even um, be willing to bring this back into my reality? But, you know, time has passed. People change, can change. And he had told me that he had worked a lot on himself and is no longer that arrogant um, you know, person that he used to be. So I gave him the benefit of, of the doubt. And so I, I, I decided to host him. So back to the story, back to him telling me about this girlfriend that he had just broken up with that was a long-term girlfriend and how he felt in that relationship. And he started telling me things that started to trigger some of the wounds that have already healed to some certain degree, but obviously haven't quite fully healed yet within myself he was telling me how he felt mind fucked in this relationship how he felt manipulated and used and how it made him feel and every time he would share this ah just another wound just came up to the surface and came up to the surface and it was painful to hear that because how he felt at the moment is how I felt three and a half years prior to this. Times a thousand, honestly. Because, it, I, and I can, I can really say that. I'm not saying that a thousand, you know, a thousand times a thousand just because I feel like my pain is larger than his pain. I actually wanted to know. So I, I actually posed this question to him. You know, after a few days of him kind of crying on my shoulder about this and, and, and me holding space for him to, to really, you know, open up about this, how he felt on, in this relationship, I asked him, I was like, 
Are you? Aren't you sad? Or are you sad? And he sat with that for for a little while, and then he said, "No, I I don't feel any sadness. I feel anger, maybe, but not sadness." And it was quite interesting to me because I was like, "How in the world do you break up with a person that you had spent your last year and a half with?" In an intimate relationship, and you claim to have loved this person, and you claim to have opened up to this person to a degree where she can manipulate you and mind fuck you and all of that. You know, if you're if you're closed off, if you're if you're not really sharing with another human being, then they cannot use anything against you, right? So, him feeling the way he felt implied that he had. He had put himself into this relationship. He had invested himself into this relationship, and it just blows my mind, honestly, that someone could be in a long-term relationship and claim to have these kind of experience and claims to have put themselves deeply into this and invested themselves into a relationship, and yet, yet, not even have. A trace of sadness, right after, two days after, three days after, a week after, a breakup, and not only that, but you leave with flicking off, with with giving the middle finger, and and when she tries to text you and tell you something or send you a video or whatever it was that she was trying to do, you just ghost her. You don't you don't even deal with it. I don't understand, but it's not for me to understand. But anyways, it was just interesting to see that he wasn't sad. He was mere, mainly angry. And I know that grief has its stages. I've talked about grief, and you know, maybe the anger shows its face at first, and then maybe the sadness comes. And that's what I thought, right? But then. The truth bomb just hit. You know, he dropped the bomb at me. He basically sl- said one night when we were talking. He basically stopped and said he had never once felt sad after a breakup, and that was. Like a sword in my heart, a sword in my gut. To hear that, never did he ever feel sadness after a breakup. That implies he never had any sadness after our breakup, right? Which I knew, I felt. That's why it was so, so hard because part of me was so sad and just disbelief. In disbelief that you know what we had wasn't real, because how can it be real when you can just pick up and go and not have any kind of trace of anything, any emotions? That means there wasn't any heart-to-heart connection. And I thought we had a heart-to-heart connection, and there wasn't one, and that saddened me to the greatest degree. I felt that's when I felt that I was played. I was really just used because I felt that heart connection, or I wanted that heart connection, and I felt that I've done everything that I could to have that heart connection. And based on our relationship and what he communicated to me, and I'm also learning this. You know, don't don't pay attention to what people say. Pay attention to what they do, how they act, how they make you feel, and I didn't. I was listening to the words, and the words said, "I am in this with you, the same depth. We're in it together. You know, we're connecting. We love each other." And I took those words for grant,、uh, took those words for what they what they were, and 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 really just believed them to be true. So when he dropped that bomb on me and said that he never felt sad after a breakup, like I said, that was that was basically 
it. That was it. The, the, the band-aid had been ripped off. All of the wounds that were still there. All of them. And not only was it ripped off, it made it worse. It started to make those wounds bleed. And so the next morning when I woke up, I woke up angry. I woke up sad. Very, very sad. And I was also angry. You know? He was sitting there rolling his cigarettes in the morning. And I was making coffee in the kitchen. And I was, as I was watching him, the back of his head, you know, and he was just sitting at the table rolling his cigarettes. I had so much freaking anger in me. I felt like I wanted to just grab his bald head and smash it to the freaking wall next to it. I mean, that's how much anger and resentment I felt towards this man. So I knew I had to get myself out of this dynamic at, immediately. I knew that if I opened my mouth or if I did anything at all, it wouldn't turn out pretty at all. So I went for a walk. I went for a walk on the beach. And uh, I had a good walk on the beach. I, I dipped myself into the ocean. And then I went to the farmer's market and had some comfort food and then I felt better then then the anger dissipated there was still sadness there was still anger yeah yeah I, I have to be honest but I wasn't fuming anymore I was at a place where I could have a normal conversation so I reached out to him and I asked that we meet and we met at the beach and I set him down and I basically told him what was on my heart and what was on my heart at the moment was I told him that I felt sad and I felt angry that I heard him say that he has never felt sad about a breakup that I told him how, mu how much how hard that breakup was on me he had no idea he had no idea he had no fucking idea he was kind of surprised he was like you know surprised and so I decided that it was not really necessary for me to tell him just how painful it is or try to get him to understand because he cannot he just does not have the capacity in his heart to feel this he just won't allow himself to feel this and so really what I wanted to communicate with to him not that for him to feel the same thing or to to have some kind of, kind of compassion towards me or understanding not at all i've given up on that i really didn't need that from him what i really wanted is to communicate to him that i had not agreed to this arrangement that this is not what i was prepared to do that i was unprepared to be the shoulder to cry on I wasn't prepared to be the one who is holding space for him while he's licking his wounds or whatever he's doing you know uh, trying to find blame in his girlfriend or ex-girlfriend or whatever I don't know maybe they were back together I don't know I wasn't prepared to, to do that what I was prepared to do and I wanted to make sure that we are on the same page is that I was prepared to host him I was prepared to give him this room that he had and he was still welcome to stay but that was the extent of it i didn't want to hang out with him anymore i didn't want to have these talks because they were painful hurtful and i honestly felt like he should be feeling sad but he wasn't he just wasn't and you know at one point in my life three years ago or whatever it was I used to envy him. I used to want to be just like him. I was like, oh my God, if I could just be like him, if I could just move on so easily, you know, and not care, not give a fuck what the other person is going through or not even that, not give a fuck what I'm going through to be able to just literally numb it out because there is no way a human being cannot have any kind of feelings it's no way but whatever and I used to 
think that that was a superpower or that was a strength, but that is not. That is complete opposite. That is weakness. I used to be jealous that he could do this. And now I feel sad. I feel sorry for him. I look at him and I feel sorry for him because here is this ice cube of a man who is not allowing himself to feel the emotions that want to go through him. If you're not allowing yourself to feel sadness, pain, suffering, then you will never know joy, love, ecstasy, because it's two opposite sides of the same stick, right? So I looked at him and I said, you know, I, I do feel sorry for you because you will never know the, the other end of the stick either. You're just going to be dabbling right in, in the middle. And what a way to live, right? What a way to live to just numb it all out and just move on to the next, move on to the next, move on to the next. Anyways, so we had that talk. And I think, I think, uh, I think that talk was quite successful in, in a sense that he got the point, he got the memo. So he kind of stayed away. Um, but really, he, d he didn't do what he had told me at the beginning that he was going to do. He didn't really go and explore on his own and go take day trips here and there. He was, he was pretty much stationary at my house this whole time so but he was out of my hair so I, I I'm not complaining he wasn't being difficult at all so two weeks had passed and we had about three three more nights that he was gonna stay at the house and at this point I'm already like countdown mode I'm like holy shit okay uh three more nights we can do this Annie we can do this At this point, I was already quite triggered by everything that he has done. But he was, like I said, he was out of the picture most of the, most of the time. And I stayed out of the picture too. So it wasn't too bad. But then shit hit the fan. <laughs> quite literally, actually. Shit hit the fucking fan. So, my little Mexican casita is a very comfortable and very humble. So, my bathroom is an outdoor bathroom. It, it has all the plumbing. You don't, you know, you don't have to shit in a hole or anything. There's a, a proper toilet and a shower and a sink. But it is outside. It is detached. It's not outside, okay? It's, it's, it, it has its own little building, but it is detached from the house. So you literally have to walk out, out the front door to go into the bathroom. Not a big deal. He actually said that he enjoyed this living. You know, it was, a, it was fun. It was a fun experience. And so the water in the bathroom went out. And this is an interesting thing. I, I want to stop here for one moment because I'm at a point in my life when I look at everything that is happening and, and try to learn from it. You know, like what does water really represent? You know, water is life. Water is fluidity. It's, it's a life force too, right? And it just literally stopped in the bathroom. And I've been living there for about a month. Uh, prior to that and this has never happened and there's a huge rotoplast on top of the house that was full of water when I moved in and that shouldn't have run out in the bathroom that was only supplying the bathroom so it was very very interesting to note that while he was here the water just freaking ran out not a big deal right It can be refilled, but it took a couple of days. Again, we're in Mexico. We're in Mexican time. It doesn't happen right away. So what's the solution? Solution is easy. We had a few really big water jugs because, of course, you can't drink the water here. So I'm buying water. 
So there's a there's a few, you know, two, three gallon water jugs that are empty. So you just fill it up, fill it up in the kitchen, which is also an outdoor kitchen. <laughs> just just to have your little visual of my living conditions, which is really fun actually. I'm starting to love it. And so you, you take these jugs and you put them in the bathroom and you use the water from these jugs to flush the toilet. No big deal, right? So already I'm counting down the days, three more nights, three more nights or four more nights, whatever that was. And so I come home one night uh, I was a little bit late because we started, my daughter and I started a little business here. And I'll tell you about that later. But we were out a little bit later. I mean, later meaning like nine o'clock. And so we, I come home, I'm exhausted um, and go to bed. And I wake up the next morning <laughs> to a little surprise in the bathroom. I failed to mention that when I got home the night prior, uh, he was already asleep or, you know, he was already in his room um, and it was quiet and I was under the impression that he was already asleep. So the next morning I wake up to a little, little surprise, uh, a surprise in the bathroom. As I go into the bathroom, I'm like, what the hell is this smell? I was like, whoa, is something wrong with the plumbing or, or something in, I don't know what's going on. And then as I lift the lid of the toilet to go to the bathroom myself, I discover like shit. Like shit that has been sitting there all fucking night long. And not just any shit. Not just, you know, and I'm sorry. I hope you're not having any kind of lunch or dinner or breakfast or anything at the moment. Maybe the title already gave it away that this is going to be a little bit, little bit, um, possibly dirty <laughs> of a topic. So I discovered this disgusting diarrhea shit that has been sitting there all night long. <laughs> and immediately as I'm trying to keep myself from gagging and throwing up, my blood pressure is starting to rise as I am running into the kitchen to try to get some water because I just woke up and I immediately have to go to pee when I wake up. So I was like holding back my pee. I really, really had to go, but I have to take care of this shit in the toilet, right? So I run into the kitchen to get the water jug filled up. And at this point, I'm already fuming and he is having his little slumber still even though he's already been sleeping when I got home and he's still sleeping he slept like a baby he slept about 10 hours a day um, and he always does he always always did even before he sleeps quite a bit never wakes up early in the morning and I knew that but I was already in a passive aggressive attitude I know that I know that I know that about myself I was already you know, purposefully opening the front door quite uh, harsh and aggressively so it would make some noise. And I'm, I'm taking this, these water jugs from the kitchen into the bathroom with more noise than I need to make, certainly, just to um, give him a little hint that, hey, uh, maybe it's time to get out of bed and uh, and take care of take care of business, take care of your shit, you know? Uh, but no, he, that didn't happen. I was, I, was, I was really hoping for that, but that did not happen. So, you know, as, as I'm flushing down his shit in the toilet, which, you know, if I was smarter, <laughs> I would have realized that all I had to do is just fill up the freaking water tank of the toilet with the water and not pour the water directly in the toilet, but I wasn't smart enough. I guess I was too furious to even think. And so as I'm, I'm, I'm trying to flush this, you know, shit is splattering into my freaking face. And I'm like 
furious at this moment. Anyways, I clean it up. I go to the bathroom. Then I go and clean myself up. <laughs> and then I sit down to have a cup of coffee. My cappuccino that I love to enjoy in the morning. But I wasn't in, in a very good mood to be enjoying cappuccino in the morning. And so, finally, Mr. Sleepyhead decides to wake up from his slumber and comes out of his room and he sees me trying to enjoy my cappuccino sitting down by the table. And he knows, he fucking knows that I had to deal with his shit. He knows that. He knows that I'm an early riser. There's two other people in the house, my daughter and I. And it's not unusual that I go to the bathroom in the middle of the night. And if nothing else, I am up first thing in the morning. I'm the first one up. So he knew. He knew I had to deal with this. And as he's, he's going past me and can possibly feel my anger and disgust, he says, Oh, I didn't want to have you... I didn't want you to have to deal with that. I didn't want you to have to deal with that. And I said, well, well, I did. And that was it. That was basically the extent of the conversation we had that morning. Because after we ha he went and used the now cleaned up toilet that I had made available for him, he quickly got dressed and got the hell out of there jumped onto his rented motorcycle and went off, which made me even more angry. He didn't even, he wasn't even willing or able to just say sorry or, or give me a little bit of more of an explanation of what the hell happened. You know, I mean, I look at things you know i i thought things through i'm like i i understand you know there's some some decisions to be made i mean maybe he got sick you know maybe he just really got sick but based on how he felt in the morning and how he how quickly he jumped on his motorcycle to go and explore i didn't think he was in such pain at night i couldn't really feel for that I really didn't because if you really well I don't I don't know but that that just didn't sit well with me and so he took off and I was furious and I had a long day I had some errands to run and I really didn't want to carry this anger and resentment and upset and all of this yuckiness with me. I really didn't want to do that. So I wanted to release it. I went for breakfast with my daughter and I did my best to try to release these emotions, but it just wouldn't go. So I decided it was time for me to speak up for once in my fucking life, for the first time in my life, to really say what I feel without having to hold back and 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 really worry about oh what the other person is going to say how they going to react what the what the oh, what's going to come back to me i did not care i didn't give a shit i just wanted to communicate what i felt and i sent him a text saying that i did not appreciate the shit in the toilet I did not appreciate his lack of um, what's the word I'm looking for uh, that he wasn't he did, lack of consideration yeah that he didn't consider the fact that either one of us my daughter or I that my daughter would have freaked if he, she saw what was in there you know no consideration whatsoever and 
So I told him that he's he's more than welcome to ride his motorcycle back in back to the house and retrieve his belongings, but he was no longer welcome at the house. And this is, you know, towards the end of his stay. He's already been there for two weeks and he got he had three more nights, so I was like, he's a big boy, he can either cut his time short here and change his flight and get on the next flight or he can find himself another place to crash. I really didn't give a shit at this point. And and that was it. That was it. The shit in the toilet had brought me to a point where enough is enough. And I literally had told him to get out of my house in a nice way, in a nice way. But still, I did it. I, I would have never done this before. You know, before I would have been the one swallowing every one of these things and just, just having all these things built up inside. But now I just wanted to release it. And not in a sense of, you know, I get back at you or anything. I just drew the line. I literally drew the freaking line. And I said, this, this, is, this is where the line is drawn. This is, it, this is how far I'm willing to stretch. This is where my boundaries are. And you've crossed my boundaries and you're no longer welcome. And that was it. It was clear cut like that. And it felt... It felt good. It didn't feel like, you know, I was righteous or, you know, I, 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 you know, oh my God, you know, great, great job. And it didn't feel, it didn't feel that way. I didn't feel like I was on top of the world. And it didn't feel like shit either. Because in the past, if I would have done something like this, I would have probably felt a lot of guilt, a lot of shame, a lot of regret oh my god what is he gonna say what is he gonna think he's gonna go back and you know this is this is how he's gonna think of me i don't care i don't care how he thinks of me what i care about now is what what is right and what is wrong and where i can where i can draw the line and i can say you've crossed the line so now you're no longer welcome and so he didn't take he didn't take my my uh, my text very well, and I was gone, so I didn't have any any service, so I couldn't really communicate with him, and I really didn't want to communicate. I just wanted to say, "This is it. Please take your stuff out of the house. Leave, leave the key. You have up until six o'clock. You have all day to get this thing done, and then leave the key, and then goodbye." That was it. I, I knew that I would never ever see him again in my life. And I was okay with that. And I wasn't angry, I wasn't anything. I just felt a big sigh of relief. A big release. I felt like it doesn't matter anymore. Like, you know, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that the sadness or nothing, nothing matters anymore. And what matters is what is now. And I have a choice to say what feels right and what feels what doesn't feel right. And so, you know, he, he came back and, and wrote several texts uh, and, and said I was jumping to conclusions because I, I didn't consider his side of the story, that he had options to weigh. No, uh, actually, I did consider those options I know he probably thought oh gosh shit okay um, I should clean this up but I probably shouldn't be making too much noise getting water from the kitchen and dragging it through the uh, living room to take it to the bathroom but I but guess what you can do that in a way where it's not passive aggressive it doesn't make a lot of noise and you can really bring it down to minimal minimal disruption i was already up when he went to the bathroom because when he was opening the door it woke me up so 
doesn't matter if he would have made a little more noise having water, you know, filling up the jugs. I mean, I don't know. What is, what is your take on it? Would you rather, let's say, let's weigh、uh, the options. Would you rather be woken up in the middle of the night hearing some water filling up a couple of jugs as he's taking it from the kitchen into the bathroom to clean up his shit? Or would you rather wake up and find that nastiness in your bathroom right before you want to go pee? And have to clean that up. I don't know. I don't know. Which one would you choose? I think I think the choice is pretty easy. Pretty easy. So, I lost my train of thought, thoughts here. But basically, he turned me speaking up and, and drawing the line、uh, around and made it all about him. You know, I didn't consider his, his side of the story. And it feels very cruel. And possibly I did this on purpose to get back at him. I mean, yeah, we can consider those, those stories. And you can go on with those stories and you can make yourself feel better about it. But the truth of the matter is, I'm not the one who suggested. That he comes here for a week and then two and a half weeks. Okay? I'm not the one who made the decision in the middle of the night to leave his diarrhea shit in the toilet all night long for me to find in the morning, knowing he's unable or unwilling to wake up in the morning. I'm not the one who. Orchestrated all of this? Or am I? That's another question. That's another question. Is there a force that is unknown to me that is orchestrating some of these things? Sometimes I think perhaps there is something in the works behind the scenes that I'm not aware of that is possibly fueled by me. That is or- orchestrating these things. How wild that after three and a half years of us being broken up, he shows up at my door in fucking Mexico and stays with me for two and a half weeks. And then, or two weeks, let's say, two weeks. And then shit hits the fan, and I'm the one who says enough, and I'm the one who draws the line. And he actually has to listen. He actually doesn't have the choice of putting up that hand and say, Talk to the hand, I'm gonna ghost you, or this or that, or、uh, all of that. What is his default mode? How weird. How interesting, right? And how interesting that I get to re experience some of these wounds. Re experience the pain, the sadness, the anger, and all of that, but then have such a profound understanding that it's okay. It's okay to go through that, those, and be actually grateful for. Being able to feel such deep feelings, such deep emotions, such deep pain, because I know that I'm capable of feeling such deep love and compassion. And how amazing to see how protecting yourself and living in this, in this armor that I used to. I used to admire no longer appeals to me, and I realize that this armor is weakness, that this armor is, is, is a barrier to having you experience life to its fullest. And how, how amazing 
to come to this realization. How amazing to see that those tears, you know, those tears, even though that, that heartache, those tears that I've experienced and then re experienced again, even though it is right, it didn't matter. To him, it didn't matter. Because it was very surfacey. But how amazing it is to know that it wasn't for, it wasn't all wasted, you know? It wasn't all wasted because it opened me up more. It cracked me open more. And it allowed me to go deeper, deeper within myself and deeper within it all. And so I'm grateful. I'm so grateful for this experience. You know, for the longest time, I always said, you know, if someone would ask, someone asked me, you know, if you had one thing that you could erase from your life, what would it be? And I would have said in the past, I would have said, this, this guy, this, this, ever meeting this guy, ever getting into the,、uh, the relationship with this guy would be something that I would like to erase from my life because it was so painful. But now I take that back. I don't, I don't want to erase it. it. It was painful as it was. It had really cracked me open. So, so the moral of the story. Or, what I want to relay upon you, or maybe inspire you to do, or, or pique your interest in、uh, discovering for yourself a little more, is that when you have an experience like that, and if you look at it with a different set of eyes and realize that it is really truly an experience for you to go deeper within yourself. and And really understand that if you let it, if you let it really, if you let all these emotions go through you, it will really take you to the next level. It will really open you up to new experiences, to deeper experiences, to, in, to experience life to a different, a deeper depth. And so, if you feel, feel or if you are in, in such a situation right now where you are experiencing pain, sadness, and you feel like the other person doesn't care, and that makes it even harder for you, it doesn't matter. That does not matter. I want you to know that you can never know what the other person really goes through. Even if they say, maybe they say, I've never been sad because they don't even know what sadness is, feels like. They're numbing themselves out and they may not allow themselves,、uh, themselves to feel sadness. That's not, that's not against you. That is something that they have to deal with. If you are able to feel sadness, be grateful for that. That is your superpower. Your superpower is to feel these feelings to their. Depth to their, to their、uh, limit. You know? How powerful to know that you can experience these deep, deep emotions that you feel like you're gonna die. Like sometimes these emotions can take on like physical pain too. I've been there, know that. And you feel like you're gonna die, and yet you don't. You make it through. And guess what? You, not only do you make it through, if you allow it, if you truly allow this whole process to take over you, then it will gift you with a, a new understanding of yourself and a new understanding of life and a new experience of, and a deeper experience of life. So don't try to numb yourself out. Don't try to move on to the next thing just to not feel what you need to feel. Because I think, in the big scheme of things, it all washes out at the end. So if you don't allow yourself to feel it now, I'm sure it will come out some other, other way. 
So, with that, I just really want to inspire you and, and ask you to sit with this. And if you're experiencing these kinds of emotions, let them take over you. And let, them, let grief, grief, I mean, you have to experience grief after a breakup. Grief is really loss of anything, right? Loss of a partner, loss of someone that you had constant contact with on a daily basis for a period of an extended time. It is loss. And you can grieve it. Allow yourself to grieve it. Anyways, that was it for me today, guys. I hope, I hope, I truly hope that this recording is okay. I am recording on my phone. I'm sitting in this little corner trying to find a place where there is Wi-Fi as well as quietness. I mean, the beaches in Mexico at the moment are just happening. It's right after the holidays. Everybody and, and their mother is out at the beach. So it was very hard for me to find a quiet space. But I wanted to bring this story of the shit in the toilet to you. And I wanted to do that in this year, in 2022. So with that, you guys have a great day. I appreciate you listening and I will be back shortly with a new episode. I hope you enjoyed. Goodbye.